Welcome to the Sunny Hill Podcast. This message was recorded at our pool campus. For more information about service times and locations, please visit sunnyhill.church. All right, you're ready for the Word of God this morning. Who's sitting next to somebody good looking? Lift up your hand if you're sitting next to somebody good looking. And just check if the person next to you lifted up their hand. If they didn't lift up their hand, say, get your hand up. Get your hand up. I hear this is the best service of the day. And, uh, you know, just with what Dom shared there, I really believe God wants to speak to you today and uh, minister into your your heart. I I really believe the next season of this church is going to blow your mind in regards to what God wants to do. For those that don't know, yeah, married, one wife. Uh, three amazing daughters, got an 18-year-old, 16-year-old. In fact, a photo may go up on screen of my daughters and an 11-year-old. My house is full of females. Even my cats are female. Pray for me. I need a lot of prayer. And uh, in fact, I now know why God created Adam first. It was so he had a chance to speak. Uh, I don't get a chance to speak at home. That's why they've got to send me to England so I can unleash all my words. So I've got a lot of words for you uh, this morning. But three amazing daughters. Got Michaela on this side. Got Ruby. In fact, Michaela preached in our church at home. Got Ruby. She uh, you know, uh, goes to high school assemblies with Revolution Tour and speaks there. And I've got Sophia down the bottom, who's a leader in our prayer tent in our children's program where kids are praying for kids and, and miracles are taking place. And uh, we're a family that just loves Jesus and wants to see God do something significant in our lifetime. In fact, to me, church is simply a whole lot of friends challenging one another to go higher in God. Come on, how many want to go higher in God this morning? And uh, so I'm your brother from another mother. I'm from New Zealand. Uh, from the colony, and uh, we have more sheep than people, Uh, but uh, God is doing a great work in New Zealand, and uh, we're just so thankful to be here. Well, I'm thankful to be here today because I know God's going to do something significant in your life. Just quickly, I want to show you a picture of uh, a bridge in Honduras. Here's a bridge in Honduras. Pretty crazy picture. Um, It is a bridge, but how many know the bridge isn't over the river? Um, this bridge was designed by a Japanese engineering company. It's a sound, stable bridge. It's an amazing bridge, but how many know it's not serving its purpose? Because what came through was, in Honduras, a storm came through and moved the river. They had just finished the bridge. Storm came through, moved the river, and the bridge now is redundant. Do you know, on the prospectus of this Japanese engineering company is this bridge, because it survived the storm. And how well, what an amazing, well-engineered bridge it is. In fact, USA Today, you know, I had a photo of this, and, and it said, here's a bridge taking people from nowhere to nothing. How many know we don't want to be a church that's taking people from nowhere to nothing? In fact, the prophetic word I have in my heart is the river's moved. And and what worked yesterday is not going to work today. God is about to release Sunny Hills into a whole new season of ministry. And and it's going to blow your mind what God's going to do. But you can't rely on yesterday's bread. 
Come on, there's fresh manna that God wants to give you. And if we embrace the season that God wants to take us into, we're going to see some of the prophecies that have been spoken over us come to pass. Come on, we're going to see some of the dreams that we have in our hearts fulfilled. I love this verse in, in Genesis chapter 26. It's a story of, of Isaac. It talks about how Isaac, then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. How many know that's a supernatural harvest? To sow in the land and to reap a hundredfold? That's, that's crazy. That's, that's unbelievable. But it says he did that. The Lord blessed him. And the man, he began to prosper and continued to prosper until he became prosperous. How many know he didn't just prosper in a moment? He just didn't have a miracle moment where God came and did something significant in his life. He prospered, he continued to prosper until he became prosperous. See, I really believe there's a danger in the church today that we just prosper in moments. We have encounters with God you know, in, in moments, but it doesn't translate into our everyday life. See, God doesn't want you just to prosper in a moment. He doesn't just want you to know Him on a Sunday. In fact, I say to our church, I don't want to preach something on a Sunday that doesn't work on Monday. See, God wants, to, God wants to move in every aspect of your life. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to continue to prosper until you become prosperous. There's nothing like you know, cleaning the house. And if you've got young kids, you clean the house, and it goes back into the state it was in within one hour. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, before you started cleaning. And it's almost like you get to a point, man, ah, oh, this is so frustrating. You go, what's the use of cleaning? I'll just leave it as it is because it's going to go back to that state within, in a short amount of time. And do you know there's many believers today, you know, it's like they encounter God, but they go back to normal life. I want to declare a new normal at Sunny Hills. Come on, God's about to do something that's amazing. You know, could we see a hundredfold harvest like Isaac saw in one year? Because what's impossible to man is possible to God. In fact, I, I want to talk about changing the game. Uh, I, I really believe you're entering a game-changing season. Your pastors have been away, and uh, I know God's spoken to them, just hearing some of the dreams that He's laid upon their hearts. And I believe this is going to be a game-changing season. You know, when it comes to cricket, if I bring cricket up, that final, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, when it comes to cricket, in yesteryear, how many know 250 was a good score? If you follow cricket, if they're getting 50 runs at the 15 over mark, they're on par. Uh, but the game's changed. You know, it, it was once thought impossible that a team could get over 400 runs and 50 overs. But the game's changed. And there's a new way of thinking that's come as a result of that. I want to declare the game has changed. See, if, if we're playing today's game on yesterday's rules, we're stuck. And what are we stuck with? We're stuck with a stupid strategy. Because God loves to take things and He loves to multiply them and He loves to increase. And, 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 and the church, the whole design of the church is that, that we may win our cities. In fact, I say to our church at home, I say, we're going to either reach our city or we're going to close our doors. Uh, we're not going to do anything in between because that's religion. 
We're either going to fulfill the mandate God has on our life, or we're going to pack up and go home. Uh, Because God's ordained this, and and He's brought it about, and His design is that that the church wouldn't be on the side or on the peripheral of society, but but there would be center. In fact, in Ephesians, in the message version, it says, the church I see is not peripheral to the world, but the world is peripheral to the church. How many know this is a significant group of people? And the problem is we, we think, yeah, that, that's cool, but, but, but we're stuck in yesterday. Some of us think, that, oh, man, if we're to see that, well, I just need to try, work harder. You know, you know, I need to do things better. You know, it's like we, we try that all the time. But that we, we only see incremental growth, but we don't see the explosion that God wants to bring our, our, our way. And today I want to just quickly speak from the story of the five loaves and the two fish, because this is a significant story in the Bible. In fact, it's so significant that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record it. It's one of the miracles that's found in, in all of the Gospels, one of the only ones. It's like they all said, man, we've got to you know, share our, our perspective on this, because this is really important. That this miracle was so important that Jesus would actually refer to it later. It's found in Mark chapter 6, but in Mark 8, Jesus is actually rebuking the disciples, and he's saying, didn't you learn from what I did over there? So, so that miracle wasn't just for a moment. In fact, that miracle was meant to change the way the disciples thought and, and, and looked upon things. You know, how often do we see a breakthrough, but we go back to thinking the same way that we thought before? I really believe God is about to release a spirit of multiplication on the church. In fact, you know, I was in a prayer meeting once and one of our staff members, she was so passionate. She was praying. She goes, God, we don't pray for one plus one. We pray for one times one. (laughs) How many know I had to stop it right there? Because if you haven't worked out, one times one is less than one plus one. And we want increase and not decrease. But God wants to release a spirit of multiplication. But for that to happen, we've got to think differently about things. You know, we've got churches in many different countries. and In fact, we just ran a conference where we had 16 countries represented from around Europe. God's doing amazing work right at this time. And I'm amazed coming to Europe because a lot of people speak multiple languages. I speak one, and I don't do it that well. But some of our pastors, you know, they can preach and, and speak in many different languages. You know, I've got our pastor in Switzerland, Dan. He, he's, when I first met him, he was 18 years old, and he didn't speak a word of English. He used to just smile and nod, <laughs> pretending he understood what I was saying. Uh, but now he, he, he speaks English, and, you know, his, his native is, is um, Swiss German, he speaks Italian, and I'm just blown away by how many languages he can speak. In fact, he married Awana, who comes from Romania, and her mother tongue is Romanian, and her second language is English. So Dan's third language is English, and her second language is English, and that's how they communicate to one another. And I thought, man, I thought marriage was hard. <laughs> But imagine communicating in your second and third language and, 
And I'm going to sometimes, you can't say that. But somehow they have this understanding (laughs) where the terms that we think mean this, they've made it to mean something else. And, uh, you know, I get amazed at just how that works. And then I think of our our pastor in Berlin. Yeah, he's German. He speaks in German, speaks Danish, speaks English. And and he can preach in three different languages. Uh, Some of you are going, well, what's the big deal with that? Uh, Well, you know, when you go overseas, how many know you normally learn a few words to get by? You know, know, where's food? Where's the bathroom? Important things. How How to say thank you. But you don't speak the language. You know, then there's others of us who have who've gone to school and we've learned a language. How many have learned a, a language at school? You know, we, we learn it and we, we, we can speak and, and get by, but we still aren't fluent in the language. Then there's other of, uh, of us, you know, we may know a little bit more, but, but what we do is we're still thinking in our mother tongue and we're translating into the language we're speaking. Now, here's a big deal with somebody who can preach in multiple languages, is they are not just thinking, they're not just speaking the language. They have to think in the language that they're speaking. They don't have time to translate. The reason why many people don't see the results that God wants to bring to them is still because they're just speaking the language. In fact, some of us come to church, you know, we've just got a few words to get by. But God wants to take us from a place where we don't just speak the language of the kingdom, but where we think in the language of the kingdom. And if we can think according to the kingdom, we would see the results that God wants to bring our way. Come on, do I get an amen today? God's about to change the game. Yeah, I love Henry Ford. Henry Ford said, if I just gave people what they wanted, I would have given them faster horses. Uh, But how many know a car beats a fast horse? And and some of us, you know, we're just trying to get more mileage out of this horse. And we're flogging this horse. And the horse is dead in some places. Here's the deal. If the horse is dead, dismount. Come on, God wants to give you a new mode of transportation. You know, a car can go places where a horse can't. You know, even beyond that, a plane can travel overseas. And some of us, you know, we've got a dream to go overseas, but we've got this horse. And we're thinking, how are we going to get there? And we're thinking, that, you know, well, maybe God's going to give the horse wings. Uh, but God's saying, no, you've got to let go of your horse because I've got a plane. And until you let go of what's worked yesterday, you'll never be able to embrace the new that God wants to bring your way. Yeah, uh, the story, the story of the five loaves and the two fish is powerful when you unpack it. First thing I I just want to bring to you today, if we're to change the game, number one, we need to draw a bigger circle. Turn to your neighbor and say, draw a bigger circle. See, if we understand the context of this miracle, the miracle Jesus did, we understand it came right off the back of a busy season of ministry. In fact, the Bible tells us that the disciples were so busy that they, that they hadn't even had a chance to eat. How many know that's busy? Because most of us prioritize food. But they've been so busy that they hadn't had a chance to eat. They got in the boat to go to the other side thinking that they were going to get some alone time with Jesus. Only to get to the other side and they were surrounded by a crowd. Jesus looks at the crowd and he has compassion on them. And he starts teaching them. 
But it's getting late in the day and the, the disciples' stomachs are rumbling, they're hungry. And, and one of them says, hey, we need to tell Jesus, time out, time out, you know, because we need some food. But how they approached it is that they said, hey, Jesus, it's getting late in the day. We need to send the crowds away because they're hungry. And we need to send them into the villages so that they can get some food. How many know it wasn't about the crowd's hunger? How many parents have I got here? Any parents here? Now, how many have ever blamed their children for something that they're feeling? Uh, I, I want some honest people here. How many have said, oh, I need to go home because the kids are hungry? But really, it's you are the one who's hungry? You know, oh, you know, we need to get home because the kids are grumpy? <laughs> uh, come on, how, how many honest parents, how many have ever done that before? Okay, we have, have some honest people at Sunny Hills Church. You know, what were the disciples doing? Oh, the crowds are hungry, but how many know it was their hunger? And what they'll do, about to do, is they're about to send away a miracle. In fact, they weren't even going to draw a circle. You know, their life was fixated on their need. You know, in fact, their life was just about them. And so, you know, it could have been that they drew an outline of their own life. The only place you see an outline of your own life is normally at a crash scene. And that means you're dead. Do you know right now there's a whole lot of dead Christians around because your life is all about them? Hey, come on, if you want to change the game, you've got to draw a big enough circle that it includes the multitudes. Sunny Hills is not just about the people in this room right now. It's about the community that God's placed it in. And, 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 and as churches, we don't have a responsibility to just the people who show up on a Sunday. We have the responsi our responsibility to the people that we engage with every day. Come on, come on, we've got to carry a big dream in our hearts. I wonder how big is, uh, your circle is. Because the fact is, you're here today because somebody drew a circle big enough that it included you. Now, we've got to draw a bigger circle that includes the people in our community who need to hear the message of Jesus. What came first, the church or the mission? The mission came first. You know, the church doesn't have a mission. The mission has a church. And the church is the best vessel and vehicle to accomplish that mission. Come on, how many believe that? Come on, how big is the circle? of your life, because God wants to increase your influence and your impact in the community. Number two, if we're to change the game, we need to see inconveniences as opportunities. Inconveniences as opportunities. The disciples thought they were going to the other side to have something to eat. But what happens when you get to the other side and you're surrounded by inconveniences that you didn't plan on? Do you see inconveniences as opportunities or do you see them as obligations? See, in Auckland, uh, you know, our church is growing. In fact, you know, our youth ministry just had an unbelievable night two weeks ago. This is our youth ministry on a Friday night. We saw 1,138 youth come out uh, with over 400 giving their hearts to Jesus. It's all run by the youth. You know, we had no guest ministry, no guest band. It was just all the youth running it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a miracle motion. That's just in Auckland. 
We've got 21 uh, locations throughout New Zealand, and uh, yeah, God's working. And many of these places that we're in, yeah, it's it's inconvenient to run church. Yeah, in fact, in Auckland, we're in a pack-in, pack-out situation. Yeah, our guys get up at 5 a.m. in the morning and often don't get home to 10 p.m. at night. Uh, but that inconvenience has brought about an opportunity of a harvest. Yeah, and, and many people uh, you know, miss the miracle because uh, they see inconveniences as obligations. Uh, we, as a church in Auckland, you know, it's like sometimes we're in 13 different venues in 13 weeks. We have to text people on a, on a Saturday night to tell them where church is. There's some people we don't text. <laughs> it's a good filter. <laughs> yeah, there, there's inconvenient, but we live in a culture today where, well, if it's inconvenient, I'm not going to come. We need some people of conviction. Yeah, because people with conviction change the game. God's called me here, and God's called me to make a difference. Come on, come on, whether you're young or whether you're old in this place. You know, I know your pastors haven't sacrificed what they sacrificed. They don't have their dream just because they thought, oh, this is a good idea. You know, I, I know that God's placed it in their heart. He's called them. He's anointed them. And I say to our church, if we're going to do this, let's do this. Let's live this life that God's called us to. Come on, if we're going to change the game, number one, we need to what? We need to draw a bigger circle. Number two, we need to see inconveniences as opportunities. Do you know, it was some, about two years ago, um, just after our conference, and you know, it was off the back of a busy season of ministry. Uh, I, I got on a plane to go to Rio. A guy had been inviting me um, to come for some time, and uh, I thought, oh, I, just, I just didn't have the space. Anyway, I made the space. I was really tired. I jumped on the plane, and I got the worst seat in the plane. I was in the middle row of the middle section at the back of the plane by the bathroom. And I jumped on the plane. It was about a 14-hour flight, and the TV didn't work the whole way. Uh, first world problems, I know. But I was thinking at the time, what the heck am I doing here? What am I doing? And I arrived 1 a.m. in the morning, and I met this guy for the first time. And he took me out to dinner at 1 a.m. in the morning, because that's what you do in Brazil. And I sat around a table, and I said, what led you to invite me? You know, I'm surprised we are that I get invited anywhere. And I sat around the table and he said, well, six or seven years ago, I was in, in your church. And uh, I sat at the back and I just observed everything you guys are doing. And I came back to Brazil after some time and I just took what I saw and did it here. And now we've got this young adult ministry of four to 500 people. And he said, we've hit a ceiling. So I thought I'd invite you to come and help us in the next season of the church. I'd never met the guy before. I'm glad I got on that plane because now we've got a church in Rio. That's moving forward, that's taking ground for the kingdom of God. But, uh, but when we see inconvenience, you know, how many know? It's, it, we've got to see it not as obligation. We've got to see the opportunity in there. Number three, if we're to change the game, number three, we need to release control. Come on, I want to speak to the control freak. 
that lives inside each and every one of us, that little mini-me on the inside. Yeah, you look all relaxed on the outside, but I know some of you are clenching your butts right now. It's like, it's like you know, how many know when God gives us a dream, he, he tells us to do it sometimes without telling us how. You know, he told the disciples, you feed them. Now, don't send them away, you feed them. They were trying to work out in their mind how they were going to feed them. You know, if we're to give them bread, that's going to cost over a year's wages. How's that possible? You know, and, and that's what we do when we, when we hear from God. So often we, we reason and we rationalize away what God's spoken. Some of you, when I, I said, you know, a hundredfold harvest, you're going, yeah, right. How's that going to happen? We haven't seen that growth before. You know, and you just reason and rationalize that, that away. You know, I love Abraham, Abraham, the father of faith. Abraham, who had many sons, and many sons said, Father Abraham, I am one of them, and so are you. Let's just, no, praise the Lord. Now, it's like Father Abraham, the father of faith. God spoke to him, took him outside his tent. He was old, and he said, I want you to look up and, and count the stars if you're able. And he said, so your descendants shall be. Yeah. Him and Sarah were, were past childbearing age. What he said to Abraham was impossible. But it says what Abraham believed, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You know, it's our belief, our faith in Jesus that gets us right with God. That the belief, and the Bible talks about in Hebrew, Abraham being, being a hero of faith simply because it says he left not knowing where he was going. Yeah, you know, you know, some people say, uh, you know, well, where are we going? I go, I don't know. But you're the leader. No, I'm just obeying God. I know God's given us an inheritance. See, how God works, I found, this is how God works. God says, hey, I want you to go. Go. And we go, no, but God, first you need to show me. You know, we say, you show and I'll go. And God says, no, I, I want you to go. Go, go, just go, get moving. Start, start moving forward. Go, and he says, then I'll show. But we but say, no, God, show me. Show me, and then I'll, then I'll go. And God's saying, would you just go? I can't steer a parked car. See, some of us right now, we're in our garage and we're saying, God, God, show me where to go. Steer me. And as I got, God's saying, put your foot on the accelerator. Get moving. We're saying, God, show me and then I'll go. No, God says, no, just go. Go and I'll show. And in fact, he goes, okay, no, hey, no go, no show. Uh, that's how it works. Come on, uh, are we a people of faith in this place? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And some of us, you know, we got so routine and, and, and we've got our structures and we don't want God, you know, to mess with our structures. And you'll never live the life that God's called you to unless you step out into the unknown. Jonathan and his armor bearer against the whole Philistine army. Listen to what he said. They said, Let's go take these Philistines on because perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. If there's two guys up against a whole army, how many would want a little more than a perhaps? Yeah, a perhaps, a maybe. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf because he can give us victory with many or with a few. 
Come on, some of you are bored right now because your lives are so predictable. And what you need to do is you need to release control. Come on, the Christian life is meant to be a faith adventure. And God wants to release something more than you could ever think or imagine in Jesus' name if we release control. Okay, number four is we've got to learn the mathematics of heaven. Number one, we've got to draw a bigger circle. Number two, we've got to see inconveniences as opportunities. Number three, we've got to release control. And number four, we've got to learn the mathematics of heaven. So they're trying to calculate, but they sucked at math and they didn't even know. Some of you right now, you suck at math. And you don't even know. You know, the church you know, has been good at addition in some places. Yeah, it can add. And that's what we've seen in a lot of places around the world is addition. The church in some places has been good at subtraction. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of traditional churches, there's a lot of subtraction going on there. And yeah, the church in, in some places really knows division well too. Uh, but it hasn't, in a lot of places, learned multiplication. Now, now here, here, here's the deal. Where did the five loaves and the two fish come from? If we know the story, uh, it came from a little boy. The five loaves and two fish that ended up feeding the multitude, God bless, uh, thank God for them. Uh, Jesus thanked God for them. He blessed them, and they multiplied. They didn't just feed the crowd, in fact, there were leftovers afterwards, which is just insane. There. But the, the, the miracle came from a little boy. By the way, that's a big lunch. Five loaves and two fish. I only got two sandwiches growing up. Five loaves and two fish. But it fed a, a multitude. You know, the Bible talks about that 5,000 men were fed. They didn't count the women and the children. Commentators would say there was over fifteen to 20,000 people who were fed that day. But, but they only counted the men. Here's the deal. The, the miracle came from a source that they didn't even count on. It, it came from a source that they overlooked. Could it be the miracle that God wants to bring in and through your life is going to come from a source that you've overlooked? that you haven't even counted on, that you've dismissed. Come on, God wants to release something significant. We're living in great days. You know, the great days for the church of Jesus Christ. And come on, I want to prophesy that this next season that you're about to enter into is not one of addition, it's one of multiplication. And I believe if we'd create the space in our life, if we'd create the room in our life, God will come and fill that space with testimonies of His goodness, with testimonies of changed lives. You know, I don't know about you, but we serve a powerful God who wants to do great things in the lives and hearts of His people. Come on, if you believe that, give God a big clap of praise. The game has changed. Some of you, you're looking at your bridge, nice bridge, awesome bridge, but the river's moved. You know, in fact, they did some studies. Do you know it would cost more to, to, to move the river back than it would to actually build a new bridge. Some of you are going, oh, well, the river will move. It's not coming back. You're better to build a new bridge. 
Oh, but that bridge, the bridge of God's nice. But it's taking people from nowhere to nothing. And God's got a mission and a mandate for each and every one of us to fulfill in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Have our standing to your feet right where you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're in this place. We thank you, Lord, right now for your anointing. Lord, your word has the power to locate us and lift us higher. I really believe today God wants to speak to some of you because you're stuck. There's people in this place who are even bored. You know, on the outside, it looks like you're living an adventurous life, but if you're to be honest, on the inside, you're bored. In fact, that's why a lot of people get into stupid stuff today because, because boredom sets in. You know, lust is simply a, a misplaced imagination. And God wants to capture the imagination, your imagination today, with what He wants to do in this next season. He wants to come and speak to you. I believe these people and their careers, you've thought about changing, but you know, you just haven't had the courage. And in this next season, God's going to give you the courage to take steps of faith. Some of you, you know, it's like you've, you've had an inkling in your heart, but you're waiting. And God's saying, now I want you to move. If we could have the keyboard. Just right now, the Holy Spirit is going to release uh, in this place. He's going to come and speak. And if you're in that place where you, you know you're stuck and you're saying, God, I want to embrace my next season. I want you to lift your hands to God right across this place. Just, just in this place. Many people. Because if we allow God to, to come and move upon our heart, He's going to do something individually, but He's going to release something corporately in this place. And God, we come to You today. We open our hearts. And we give You permission to do everything that You want to do. Lord, we determine we're not going to stay where we are. We're not going to stay in yesterday but we're going to move forward into our promise. Lord, today, your promises, they are yes and they are amen. Lord, right now, we say yes to you. We say yes to you. Come on, in your heart, I just want you to even begin to say yes to Jesus. Come on, I say yes today. Yes to your plan. Yes to your purpose. Yes to the adventure that you want to take me on. God, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live in doubt. I'm going to trust you today. I'm going to put my hope in you today. Lord, that as I take a step towards you, you're going to take a thousand towards me. Lord, you love me. You're for me. God, and if you're for me, nothing can be against, nothing can be against me in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I give you permission. Come on, just give him permission right where you are. Come on, I believe right now dead dreams are being awakened. Come on, things are coming alive where you've lost hope. Where you've lost hope. Hope has been restored into people's hearts. Come on, just with your hands lifted, if you would just begin to worship God. Come on, just begin to lift Him up. And come on, I want you to break the sound barrier as you do it as well. We're not shy. Come on, just say, I worship you, God. I lift you up. I magnify you. And God, we, we release, Lord, your kingdom. Lord, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, even right now.
Oh, God, you're helping. Oh, people get free. In Jesus' name, where they're stuck, there's coming a freedom. A freedom in Jesus' name. Some of you just need to lift your feet, I reckon. Just It's like you're stuck in the mud. And just by lifting your feet as a sign, you're saying this is a new day. God's releasing something new in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for breakthrough in this house. Lord, I thank you, God, for enlargement, for growth in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for it. Just right now with every eye closed, time's gone, but I just want to, quickly ask, maybe you're here today and you've never opened your heart to Jesus, or you have at some point in time, but for one reason or another, you've walked away. Friend, God loves you, and He's got a plan and purpose for your life. You can try and find life apart from Him, but nothing will truly satisfy. See, you and I were formed to have a relationship with Jesus, and He's made it possible He made it possible by dying on the cross, paying the price of our sin so that we might have access to God. And today, if you just believe in Him, He'll come and meet you where you are. The ABCs of Christianity is A, admit your need. The B is believe in your heart. And the C is to confess with your mouth. The Bible says if you do that, you'll be saved. You'll enter into a whole new place. Right here, right now, if you're not right with God, You've never opened your heart to God or you have at some point in time, but you walked away and you're saying, Sam, I need to get my life connected with God. I want to live out His adventure for my life. I want to know Him today. Would you pray for me? In a moment, I'm about to pray a prayer, but just quickly, I need to know who I'm praying with. So right now, with every eye closed and people asking themselves where they're at with God, if you're not right with God in this place, friend, God loves you. He's for you. And if you take one step towards Him, He'll take a thousand towards you. If you just open your heart to Him, if you're saying, that's me, pray for me today. What I want you to do is quickly, right where you are, lift your hand high in the air so I can see it. Then once I see it, you can put it down and we're going to pray a prayer together. God bless you over here. God bless you here. God bless you here. Here. That's awesome. Somebody else, just right where you are, say, that's me. You know, God's knocking on the door of your heart, but you haven't prayed this prayer and you want to get right with God. Is there anybody else? Just quickly. I've seen about four or five hands go up. Yeah, God bless you down here. Over here, that's awesome. You know, six different people making this decision. Is there anybody else? Just give it a few moments, and then we're going to pray. But I don't want to miss anybody out, because this is the most significant step anybody can ever take in their life. Thank you, God. Amen. Come on, how awesome is this? People responding to Jesus. Yeah. We're going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer along with me. I'm going to say a line. You say a line. For those who lifted their hand, God's going to come and meet you right where you are. Come on, let's pray this out loud together. Dear Jesus, come on out loud. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I open the door of my heart, and I ask you to come in and be my Lord and Savior. Today, I admit my need of you, and I choose to believe in you. I acknowledge what you did on the cross, paying the price of my freedom that I might have a brand new life. Today, Jesus, I thank you. I'm forgiven and I'm loved by you. Come live in me. Never leave me. We pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Come on. 
Let's give God a big clap of praise. Amen. Uh, do you know what? Yeah, I say at church, we don't give God golf hand claps, you know. Golf course, you know, a little golf. Oh, nice shot, nice shot. Come on, I went to an English football match. And uh, I reckon that shows me what the English are really like. That, that's truly who the English are. You guys are nuts. You guys are crazy. You guys know how to sing. And you know when one person gives their heart to Jesus, all of heaven rejoices. So come on, can we join with heaven? Come on, can we give God a big clap of praise in Jesus' name? Oh!